Thank you, thank you. God is good. And if you believe it, say amen. amen. This is what we do here. We change the world. Amen? amen? One person at a time. One nation at a time. Our goal is to touch 500 people. Just put up the vision real quick, Andrew, while everyone's turning to Matthew 25. On the back of your announcements, you have notes right at the top. Keep your lamp burning. Keep your lamp burning. The vision is to love God and love people. Our goal is to reach 100,000 souls with 50 churches in Chicago alone. Amen? We want 100,000 right here. If it takes a lifetime, God, give it to us here. And then we want to plant 500 churches around the world. Now with 29 churches in India, 3 in Mexico, we have 33 churches for Jesus. Amen? And you know the testimony about Mexico. We just sent that check for $800 to them that was given out of the fish's mouth, that miracle, so that Pastor Julieta in Chilapa can now have a church. Glory to God. And some of our young people are going there to spend a summer. Not to spend time with Grandpa riding on the four-wheelers in Mexico. Not to go to the beach. They're going to work in the villages to plant more churches and to win souls. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. This is what we're about. And how do we do it? Connect, mentor, send. Everybody say that. Connect, mentor, send. One more time. Connect, mentor, send. That is what it's about. I realized this so much when I was in India. That's why to me it doesn't matter when Metro Praise's numbers goes up and down. You know why? Because this is it right here. If we do not have disciples, we have nothing. I don't want crowds. I want disciples. Amen? I don't want decisions. I want disciples. I don't want somebody just to say, oh, I'm going to live for Jesus. No, be a disciple for Jesus. Because when we were over there, what Ricky could accomplish, I'm telling you, you guys would be so proud of Ricky. What Ricky could do, most pastors in America couldn't do. I mean, I'm talking to you right now. Most pastors don't know their right from their left. They don't know how to make disciples. They don't have a vision. They don't have a strategy. They don't understand what the Bible talks about and elders and deacons and accomplishing a vision and raising the things up. I mean, Reki, as an elder, was over there teaching the pastors, and it was anointed. Amen? That's how we're doing it. Look at Matthew 25, verse 1. If you're there, say, I'm there. Praise the Lord. Today is going to be an awesome message. It's going to encourage and challenge you. The message is keep your lamp burning. Look at your neighbor and say, keep your lamp burning. Come on, keep your lamp burning. This is one of the greatest and saddest messages about the end times and Jesus coming back. It's awesome because it encourages us, but it's a little sad when you see what happens. If you're in Matthew 25, one more time, say, I'm there. Amen. Look at it. It says, At that time the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight the cry went out, Here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Thank you, my brother. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. No, they replied, There may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourself. 
But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were already ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later the others also came. Sir, sir, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, I tell you the truth, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know the out the day or the hour everybody say keep your lamp burning Listen to what Jesus is telling us right here. Listen to this story and how challenging it is. He starts off by saying, the kingdom of God is like a wedding banquet. Now, back in the time of the Jews and the people of Palestine, they would have weddings for multiple days. It would go two and three days, okay? And there's the part of this wedding, which is probably the banquet time, where they're now going to eat and celebrate. So that day, like in our wedding ceremonies, they probably had a ceremony today and eating at night. You know what I'm saying? Well, the virgins are now waiting for the bridegroom to come. And the virgins of the city would probably be like the bridesmaids, okay? So these are the women who help the the bride get ready and all of these different things. So they're waiting at the banquet hall to celebrate the wedding. And here they bring their lamps. And the lamps of those days were run by oil. And so if you were going somewhere on a journey, that was your flashlight. You had to bring enough oil to keep it burning. Are you all with me? Somebody say, keep your lamp burning. So here they are, thank you, in front of the banquet hall. They're getting ready, but now the Bible says there's five wise ones and five foolish ones. What's the difference between being wise and foolish? Is the wise ones brought enough oil to keep their lamp burning. The foolish ones did not. Are you with me? Now listen to this right here, because this is where it gets tight, but it's right. The bridegroom comes, and everybody says, let's get up, let's get ready. And their job was to light the candle way for the bridegroom to come. They would usher him into the room. Everybody would get excited. It would be like a party, okay? But here these foolish ones get up, and they say, we don't have any more oil. Because it said it had been a long time from when he came. It was a late uh, banquet uh, time. It came later than they thought. And here they say, we have no oil. And they look to the five wise virgins and they say, hey, give us some of your oil. Let us borrow some so we can all go in there. And what do the five wise ones say back? Get some for yourself. And here the women go, those five foolish ones, to go buy the oil from the store. And while they are gone, the bridegroom comes in, the festivities take place, and now the door is shut. And they come back knocking on the door and he says, I don't know you. Think about how harsh that could be. Were they virgins? Yes. What is a virgin? Pure. These are talking about the Christians. These aren't talking about unbelievers that they're going to be sent to hell. That's already obvious that unbelievers are going to hell. This is talking about Christians, how they could miss Jesus and go to hell. Jesus said some will come on that day saying, I cast out demons. I did many wonderful works in your name. But he'll say, I don't know you. And here you hear the same thing. He says to them, I don't know you. Well, come on. Obviously, in one sense, he had to know them. Why would they be at the wedding? Why would they have their lamps ready? Why would they be a bridesmaid if he didn't know them? But the sense that he's saying the no is in the intimacy. The no is in a relationship with Christ in the sense of I follow you. uh, We obey Christ. We follow him. He loves us. We know him that way. Are you with me? They knock on the door. And they're not let in. Let me ask you a question today. If Jesus came back right now, are you ready? Some of you could say, absolutely, yes, Pastor, I'm ready. Others of you, what would you say right now? I've got to make it right. 
I've got to make it right. If I knew Jesus was coming right now, I would have to pray. I would have to repent of my sins. I would have to make it right. I would have to do something to get ready. And what the Bible is saying is no one knows when that hour is coming. You have to be ready now. And the virgin is a symbolic person of the Christian The Christian is pure. The Christian has a lamp. The lamp representing salvation. And what is the oil representing? The oil representing the Holy Spirit. So somebody would say to me, oh, that means the sinners are getting locked out. No, sinners aren't considered virgins in the Bible. Sinners are considered wretched, miserable, and blind, and naked, and all of that. The the sinners have the lamp of God. No, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, let your light shine before all the world. Sinners don't let their lamp shine. And then the oil is always of the Holy Spirit, all the way from the Old Testament. The menorah, the seven candlesticks, representing the seven manifestations of God's Spirit. Here they have the oil. So what does that say? You can be a pure Christian right now. You can have a relationship with God right now. You can even have the Holy Spirit and the oil burning in you right now. But if you're not careful, you could miss the day when He comes back. What a warning to all of us. Amen? I want to encourage you today to keep your lamp burning. I want to give you five things to do. Let's start off with Acts 2.38. Everybody say repentance. The first way that we receive the Holy Spirit is the best way to continue to walk with the Holy Spirit. Repentance. How did you get born again? You repented of your sins. How do you continue to move in the Holy Spirit? You repent of your sins. Never let sin get in your life. Never let sin take your focus from God. Sin will take away your oil. There's a teaching out there today that tells people you can live however you want and still go to heaven as long as you believed in God once. That doctrine is called once saved, always saved, and that's a devil's lie. How would that apply to this scripture? How would that apply? Well, maybe it means something else. No, it means exactly what it says it means. These were friends of the bridegroom. Sinners aren't friends of the bridegroom. They're considered virgin. Christians are only the ones considered to be pure. And all the things they have with them, the lamp and the oil, are representative of salvation and the Holy Spirit. There's no way to get around it. So how do you keep the Holy Spirit the same way you receive the Holy Spirit? Through repentance. Look at Acts 2.38. If you're there, say, I'm there. Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. So let's say today you're in this room and you don't have your lamp. You don't have any oil. What do you do to get it? You get born again. Now you got your lamp, salvation. Now you got the Holy Spirit, the oil. Now you'll be made pure as a virgin. Amen? So now you're at least invited to the, to the banquet. So that's the first step. You gotta get invited. You gotta have the lamp. You gotta have the oil. But guess what? How do you keep the oil? By living in repentance. If you ever sin, you have to ask God to forgive you. People who think that now we're Christians, we can sin all that we want, have believed the devil's lie. When I was in India, we were talking to the people, and I said, Who do you think wants us to believe these lies of Hinduism? And Hinduism is so crazy. If I had time, I could explain it all to you. Let me just tell you some of the things of Hinduism. Hinduism will allow people to, uh, well, first of all, they won't eat a cow, but it will allow them to oppress the poor and treat them as, as less than animals. 
It's, it's, it's actually demonic. And I said to them, what do you think makes that happen? I said, the devil. And here's another thing. I said, you know how there's racism, uh, you know, among the classes. I said, what teaches that? Your Hindu religion teaches if somebody is born poor, it's because they sinned in their previous life. Everybody say repentance. I said to them, you know what the reason behind that is? The reason behind these lies is the devil. So they need to repent of false religion. You can't go to heaven believing in false religion. Now let me ask you a question. What do you need to repent of today? Maybe it's not false religion, worshiping demons, thinking you're better than somebody else. But maybe you have things in your life today that you have got to get rid of. This warning to us is get it out because you may get left. As Glenn said in one of his songs, you guys remember Brother Glenn, he was a rapper at one time. He said, you better get right or you're going to get left. Come on, everybody, because I know you're not deaf. Amen? You better get right or you're going to get left. That's exactly what it's saying. So let's say a sin comes in our heart, a, a, a lust, a perversion. Repent, make it right. Keep your lamp burning. Let's say an attitude comes up in your life. Repent. Say to the Lord, forgive me. If you offended somebody, say to that person, I'm sorry. Keep your lamp burning. Repentance is a gift. It's good news. It means we can make it right what we did wrong in Jesus' name. It means we can always come and be forgiven. But it doesn't mean I can live how I want. So if you want to keep your lamp burning, live the life of repentance. Amen? Amen. Number two, how to keep your lamp burning. Have a heart for God and His nations. Acts chapter 4. As you're going to learn, as you're learning already, and you're going to learn in the Scripture is that part of the oil inside of you is to be used for others. What was the point of the virgin having the oil? It was to light the way for the bridegroom. It wasn't just for them to, you know, oil could also be used as an ointment, you know, like lotion. No, it wasn't for them. Oil in the lamp could be used to light their own house. No, it wasn't for them. That oil in their lamp was for the bridegroom, preparing a way. Now, what are we supposed to be doing with the Holy Spirit inside of us? Remember, the Holy Spirit is symbolic of that oil. It's supposed to be burning. Now that we're saved, God's in us. What are we supposed to be doing? Lighting a way for Jesus to come back. Going out winning souls. Saying, Lord, India's getting ready. Mexico's getting ready. Chicago's getting ready. Hallelujah. Diversity and all the streets running. We're lighting the way for Jesus. You see, the virgins were supposed to take their lamps and go, here we are, bride, a bridegroom, come follow us. Here's the way into the banquet hall. What did the Bible say about John the Baptist? He was sent before the coming of the Lord to say, prepare the way of the Lord. And what was John the Baptist teaching? Repentance. So we're supposed to have a heart for God and the nations. If you want to keep your lamp burning, get involved in ministry. Look at Acts chapter 4, verse 31. If you're there, say, I'm there. This is after they were persecuted. And just go up a little bit, my brother, the round of verse 22. While they were being persecuted, they began to pray. And they said, on the release, Peter and John, verse 23, went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them, because they were told not to even live for God at that time. When they heard this, they raised their voices in prayer to God. Okay, so the church is being persecuted. What's their prayer? Sovereign Lord, you made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand. The rulers gather together against the Lord and against His anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant. 
servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided before should happen. Now listen, verse 29. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus. Now look at this here. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the Word of God boldly. If you want to get the oil of God in your lamp, get a heart for God in the nations and the Holy Spirit will fill you up. Come on somebody. Because you and you and you and you got to get it for yourself. Those virgins told the other virgins, we can't give it to you baby. We don't got enough to give you. You got to get on your knees and get it for yourself. It's not good enough that your pastor says I love India. It's not good enough that we go out evangelizing. You've got to go out evangelizing. You've got to pray with your family and then the Lord will fill you, fill you, fill you with the Holy Spirit. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. When Ricky and I were in India, baby, we had to pray. We had to get the feeling of the Holy Ghost. Nobody could pray for me to get that. We had to get on our knees. We had to raise up our hands. And man, I'll tell you what, we saw God move. We felt the oil of the Lord come into our soul. See, I don't want to be a fool. I don't want to be a devil's fool missing what God is doing. Don't be lied to and deceived by the devil. This is how you keep your lamp burning. This is how you're effective for God. This is how you make it to the end. Because as it said in that parable, it's a long time till he comes back. We don't know when it's going to be. It's already been 2,000 years. The only way we're going to make it and keep our lamps burning is if we get a heart for the lost. We get a heart for the lost. What are we doing, man? Come on, think about it. We got, what, 80 years on this planet? What are we doing with our lives? I love what Leonard Ravenhill said. He said it like this. You spend one uh, third of your day eight hours working, another third of your day sleeping, eight hours working, eight hours sleeping. What are you doing with the other eight hours of your life? Give it to God. Pass your time on this earth serving God. I look at all the ministries we have going down. You have the announcements in front of you. Never take those for granted. Bring your family with you. Bring your neighbor with you. Just get excited for God and get a heart for His ministry. And that you will be filled. Amen? Hallelujah. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5. If you want to be filled, you've got to get thirsty and drink of the Holy Spirit. Why didn't the virgins get their oil? Because they were fools. They thought they were okay. Listen to me, man. I'm preaching to you today, sister and brother. Please listen to me. Not everybody you know going to church is going to make it. This puts the fear of God in me. I mean, I don't want to go over it again because I just told you, but there is no other way to interpret who the virgins are except Christians in the church right now. There is no other way to interpret. That is who they are. They are with us. They are among us. They have the oil like us. They have the lamp like us. But the thing is, if they don't get right, they're going to get left because they don't have enough. 
And I don't want to see a pastor miss it. I don't want to see somebody in Metro Praise miss it. Take this seriously. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 18, one of my favorite scriptures of the Holy Spirit, says don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery, stupid behavior. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. You see, some of us who used to drink, we understand what it means to want some wine. We understand what it means to want to get a little hit of some uh, mad dog, you know, some tequila. Hello. We know what it's like to hit back some vodka and orange juice and all that crazy stuff. But you know what? Nobody forced it. Nobody made me do a keg stand. How many know what a keg stand is? Keg stand, keg stand. And I would stand on the thing upside down. They would stick the plug in my mouth and, put, you know, do it and it would come out my nose. I mean, nobody made me act a fool for the devil. And listen to me, nobody's going to give you the Spirit of God either. You've got to want it for yourself. You've got to want to drink it. You've got to want to drink it till you can't take no more. You stumble out of church and you've got to give your keys to somebody else. Say, drive me home because I just got drunk on Jesus' wine of the Spirit. Come on, man. We need to get so thirsty for God in our worship services, in our prayer meetings, that it don't matter what your neighbor does. It doesn't matter what your friend does. It just matters what you and God do because you are thirsty. Man, I didn't have to go to India. I didn't have to go to Mexico. We don't have to go evangelizing like we do. We don't have to preach like we do. We don't have to have worship services like we do. But I'll tell you why we have to, some of us. Because we've got so thirsty that coming to church and somebody dipping a little water and giving us a little taste ain't enough anymore. Amen? I mean, come on, you might come in here. We might worship till tomorrow, to next week, somebody. Why? Because we're so thirsty. We're saying, God, fill me. God, fill me me. That's why I told Brother Andrew, I said, I'm done taking attendance. I'm done worrying about who's here and not here. I just know one thing. I'm here and God's here. Let's have a good time, Jesus. Fill me up till I want no more. I'll take their share. They don't want it. They don't. I'll take it all. Look at your neighbor and say, keep your lamp burning. Get thirsty for the Spirit. Woo! Get thirsty for God. I was sitting, man, I was sitting on that stage in that one village church, and I was watching this one woman clap and clap. She got so excited about God, she started hollering and whooping, and they kept clapping. I was saying, man, here in a dirt village, people know how to get hungry. Man, God, make me hungry. Make this church hungry. Take away all of your excuses, my friend. It's you and God. Are you hungry for Him? Are you thirsty for Him? Get excited about what God is doing, and your lamp will never go out. That's why I love what Bible uh, Brother Anthony taught me in Bible college. He said, yes, a Christian can lose their salvation. Yes, you can. He said, you can lose it. He said, but you won't lose it like you lose a set of keys. You won't wake up one morning and go, oh, where did I put those keys at? Where was my salvation? He says, you'll lose it deliberately by not doing what God told you to do. It won't be an accident. Are you listening? It might catch you off guard because the devil blinds you and bamboozles you, but it won't happen by accident. To walk away from God and after you've been saved, it will take all your strength to muster, to turn your back and walk away. It is an act of rebellion. So I want to encourage you today. You don't have to worry about losing your salvation. Just stay thirsty for God and you'll never worry about it. Some people say, are you worried about losing it? No, I'm not worried about losing it because I'm thirsty. You don't have to worry about not making the appointment for the bridegroom to come. You're going to make it. Look at your neighbor and say, you're going to make it. 
Just stay thirsty. Hallelujah. Let's go to number four, Galatians 5, 16. Walk with the Spirit. You gotta walk with the Spirit. You gotta talk to the Spirit. Our Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead. He is not an it or a thing or a force. He is a person. You have got to walk with him. You've got to talk with him. I always remember what Wayne taught me when he was with his uh, evangelist mentor, a man that was mentoring him in evangelism, Joey Hip. And they would go to hotels, and Joey would say, let me pray. And, and, and Wayne, you go to this room, and you pray. And, and, and then we'll meet up for the meeting. And one day Wayne said, Joey, I want to go when you pray. I want to stay in the room where you're praying. And Joey said, I don't usually let people in that prayer time because it's so personal. And, and Wayne said he was, he was coming into that prayer meeting because Joey Hip was a good old southern preacher, okay? He could preach, you know what I'm saying? He could bring it. And he was thinking Joey was going to whoop and holler in his prayer meeting. He went into that, that hotel. It was just Joey and it was himself. And he said Joey just stood up and tears were just coming down his eyes. And he was by himself and he just put out his hand. And he just said, Lord, walk with me today. That's what I'm talking about. A relationship with the Holy Spirit where he's that real in your life. Where God is your best friend. Where you feel the Holy Spirit come into that room and teach you what to do next. Or come into your house and come into your life. Be with you on the job. If we're going to keep our lamp burning as real as that lamp and oil produces a flame, we need to have a real relationship with Jesus through the Holy Spirit. There needs to be an actual presence of the Holy Spirit. It's not just religion. We're not just clapping our hands. I mean, people are feeling Jesus here. It's not just we're crying. Anybody can cry about losing their pet. You know, we're sorry about your cat, my brother. You know, I'm sure there was a the tear shed. Ish lost his pet, and we had to all comfort him. But we're not just talking about shedding tears. We're talking about feeling God. Look at Galatians 5.16. Walk with him. Galatians says, verse 16, So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. You see, you don't want to miss out on God. You want to be ready when He comes. Live by the Spirit. Now it says, for the sinful nature desires what's contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They're in conflict with each other, so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now it says, the sinful nature, the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. And it names them all. And just go down a little bit more, brother. And then he says in verse 22, but these are the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desire. How can you sum it up, Paul? Give me verse 25. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Where are you going, God? That's where I want to go. Where you lead, I'm going to follow. Who you want me to be with, I'm going to be with. How you want me to act, I'm going to act. How you want me to talk, I'm going to talk. Here's my hand, Jesus. Lead me through this life. Step by step by step. I ain't walking alone. I'm walking with God. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm walking with the Holy Spirit. I'm not walking alone. Hallelujah. Just take my hand and give me one leading step, Jesus, and I'll follow right behind you. Just like footprints in the sand, I'll just put mine right where His is. Because He will lead and guide. He will provide. Amen? 
God is looking for a people that want to say to him, Holy Spirit, it's all about what you want. You're the boss. Lead me. Guide me. Teach me. People have looked at me before and they said, man, you sure apologize a lot. You should repent a lot. You know why? Because I see the Holy Spirit always changing me. Never be ashamed to repent. Never be ashamed to turn a direction and say, oh, I'm going the wrong direction. I've got to change. Never be afraid to do that. Why? Because you're always trying to follow the Holy Spirit. You know, when we change things in our church, people say, why are you changing it? Why are you doing this, this, and this? You might lose people. You know why I had to do that? Because I'd rather lose people than lose God. I want to follow where He's going. Amen? And He wasn't going in that direction anymore. It worked for a season. But He was saying, I'll meet you on the carpet. I'll meet you on the streets. And we got to follow with Him. you got to keep in step with the Spirit. Ask yourself this question. Where is God leading me today? What is God asking me to do? We have people getting raised up right now. Bell engaged to Jidah, asking God every day, how can we make this marriage start off on the right foot? Do we move to California? Do we move here? Walk with Jesus. Chris, uh, David and Monica, the same thing, who just got married, asking God, how do I follow you? Where is your plan for my life? Sometimes we ought not to move until we see God move. You, you know, I know I don't need God to tell me how to put shoes on in the morning. I don't have to wait there and say, okay, God, which shoe do you want me to wear? You understand, there's some decisions God lets us make. Amen? He gave us a brain. But I'm telling you, there's decisions in your life. You just got to stop until God moves. You know, I'm talking about some serious things in everybody's life. Don't move until God moves. You're going to miss it. Amen? Hallelujah. Would you stand up on your feet with me today? I'm just excited about Jesus. If you want to keep your lamp burning, live in repentance, have a heart for the nations, get thirsty for God, and walk with the Spirit, and last of all, do the work of the Spirit. Look at 1 Thessalonians 4.6. The work of the Spirit is to go out and change lives. Laying hands on the sick, prophesying, do the work of the Spirit. I know we talked about having a heart for the nations and praying, but once you are filled, you are to go out and be poured out. It's like more God so more can come to the people. God, use me. Use me. It was so funny because we were with Pastor Amit, and about at the, the, the first part of our mission trip when Pastor Amit was realizing that translating was hard and that I talk a lot. Could you imagine translating for me? I mean, he was like, like the whole time. And this guy, literally, man, he's like this big. Pastor Mitt weighs like 75 pounds. And then seriously, I w- we were like preaching like, I mean, I think I preached like eight or nine times, ten times that, that, that trip. I preached three times in one day, okay? And, and I remember just, and Ricky will tell you, we would be preaching or we would be doing a lesson. And all of a sudden, Pastor Mitt would start looking like this. And then I would be preaching and Pastor Mitt would be like, Jesus loves you in his language. And then I would literally have to stop, like with all you guys looking at me, I would have to stop and go, Pastor Amit, are you okay? He was like, I just need some water. <laughs> so we would get him some water. You remember how we had to nurture you, brother? <laughs> we were nurturing this on the trip too. So we had to like sit him down. And like everybody literally, just like you're, how you're looking at me, would like watch him drink. And he would have like a little straw one time. He's like, and they're all just watching him. And finally he's like, ah. And he sets it down, and we're like, okay, we can preach now. What's my point? My point is, Pastor Amit got used by God. You see, the last part is now we get used. Because when the bride comes, the bridegroom comes, we got to take that lamp and say, here we are. 
here we are. This is what we're here for. We're here to be used. And I remember him sitting down with me, and he told me, he said, man, I feel like I'm getting used, Pastor. This is hard for me. You've got to pray for me. And I said, brother, this is an answer to your prayers. I said, because did you ever pray a prayer to the Lord? Did you ever say, Pastor, meant, Lord, use me? And he said, yes. I said, brother, you're getting used right now. I said, the Holy Ghost has saddled you up. You're getting ridden all the way to glory right now. And that's the way we have to be. We have to say, God, now use us. Use the good you've given me to impact people's lives. And yes, it does get tiresome to our flesh sometimes. But we want to keep that oil burning inside. Amen? Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, looking at verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 4, brother. And I wanted to, to see this. Turn with me in your Bibles as we're all waiting since we have a moment here. And I want you to highlight it and make this the, the determination of your life. And band, would you come, please? We're just going to lay hands on everybody today for more of Jesus. Just for more of the Holy Spirit. I know people have said, once you got God, you got all of God. And I understand that. We do have all of God. But God needs to have all of you. The question isn't, do you have all of, the, all of God in you? Yes, you do, but does God have all of you? And that was the problem. These women did not let the oil keep burning. They didn't bring enough. First Thessalonians says in chapter 1, verse 4, For we know, brothers loved by God, that He has chosen you. Somebody say, I'm chosen. Because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and with deep conviction. Hallelujah. It says, you know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord in spite of our severe suffering. You welcomed the message with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. You see, Paul was saying, hey guys, we didn't just come to you with words about God. We came to you with the power of God through the Holy Spirit. And he said, when you heard us and you saw us, you felt it in the Holy Spirit. Now, You need to go out and do the same thing. I need to go out and do more than just preach. I need to move in the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's just lift up our hands and say, God, use me. Fill me with your oil, Lord, and use me. Hallelujah. Use us, God. Use us. Let's go through them right now with your hands raised. If somebody needs to repent of sin, come on up to the front right now. Just come quickly. We're not going to beg you today. Just come and get on your knees and repent. If you need to repent of any sin in your life while we're praying. Holy Ghost. Come on. Moving to the next one. Come on quickly. If you've come here and you want a heart for the nation, some of the missionaries, some of the people, just come up here quickly. Get on your knees and say, God, send me. I want to go next time. I want to be used. Come on. You're going to get the oil filled. Come on, if there's people here today and you're saying, I'm thirsty, I'm thirsty, I just want more of God. I want my oil to be filled. Just come, 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 come on. We want to be filled. We want to be filled. We're so thirsty, God. We don't want our lamp and the oil to go out. Hallelujah. If you've come here today and you want to walk with the Lord, just come on up to the front and say, Jesus, take me by your hand. I want to stay in step with the Holy Spirit. Maybe you're going through something in your family, in your job, on your business. Just come and lay it at this altar and say, God, I'm not going to move until you move. I want your will.